You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. All right, Kelly. So this is the, um, this is okay, babe. This is okay, babe. Episode, episode oh one. You're Kelly. I'm Kelly. You're Connor. I'm Connor, yeah. We are annoying as fuck and- I don't know if we're annoying. Also awesome. We're definitely annoying to some people, but to some people we're- not annoying. We're super cool. And I remember growing up, being not annoying was was the goal for me. <laughs> That's amazing. My one goal. I used to life. tell people that when I was like when I was a strength conditioning coach, like new really? coaches, because they always want to like intervene in everybody's shit all the time. And I was like, listen, your first rule of being a good coach is just don't be annoying, because a lot of you motherfuckers are annoying as shit. You need to fucking dial it in. Cause you, I'm annoyed by you and you're not even micromanaging my exercise. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that everybody else is not having a great time. No. So how's this going to go? See daddy. Um, wow. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring in topics each, each week and have some interviews. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. I, I don't want to say with a lot of, of certainty how this is all going to shape out as far as, or shake out as far as structure goes. Cause I like to leave some openness to experience similar to how I live my actual life. Hashtag Connor Wander. So there will be seggies. There'll be a few seggies in here. That's that's, if you hear me say seggy, that's a abbreviation for segment. And then you can be like, wow, Connor, you're very annoying to say the a, word. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Gotta hit the, hit them with the abbreves. Totes. But there'll be some seggies. We got some good ones. We're, we're working on um, flushing them out, but really at the end of the day, everybody out there listening, if you like a certain seg, you gotta let us know and we'll make it a regular part of the show. Cause we're, we're out here. We've been doing this podcast thing for, I mean, I've been doing it for what I feel like about three decades. Yeah. How long has it officially been for you? I need to go back and look at the dates. It's been about three years. I've been obsessed with podcasts for like a decade. Wow. But, um, yeah, I've been listening to podcasts for almost 10 years, but I've had my own show for four, okay. three, three and change. I'm so bad with dates. I'm a year and a half and change. I thought my sister was 19 for like six years. <laughs> That happens though. I only see Steven as a child. Yeah, it's weird. I'm like, I was talking to her, her, her baby daddy and they have four kids or no, three kids. Excuse me. She's more grown up than like, you are. She had two kids and she's like, I was like, I can't believe she's still, I was pretty drunk because of my brother's wedding. I was like, I can't believe she's just only 19. She goes like, he's like, bro, she's 23. I was like, I'm drunk. That's amazing. It was so weird. But yeah, you only see them as like, yeah, it's so funny, yeah. but I'm really bad about it about dates. Like I thought we were dating for six years. It feels like it underwater. And it's been <laughs> Jesus Christ. I steal that from my mom when she always talks about my dad and she'll be like, we've been married for 30 years and it feels like 30 minutes underwater. And I'm like, Geez. that's not a really like, happy thing to say about it's your kind marriage. Of aggressive. Yeah. It's kind of funny though. Yeah. I like when my parents give me a relationship advice <laughs> and I'm like, I want nothing. If, if whatever advice you're giving me, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to take it with a gigantic grain of salt. Yeah. There's a boulder. <laughs> then I've like, I've, I've been around your relationship a, a lot and I really want nothing to do with a relationship like that. Although I think it works for them. Yes. I don't think my mom or stepdad could be in a relationship where they weren't constantly bickering at each other. They I think really thrive on I that. I think their love language is like bickering? Is nagging. <laughs> What's our love language? I don't know. Verbal aggression. <laughs> Quality time and physical touch. I think if somebody had a, tra- had a transcript of our conversations. It would be, be deeply it, disturbed. It would be like, what is going on? We need to get whatever the, I don't know. Whatever, well, the, whatever the service is that comes in like 
manages abusive relationships. It's not abusive. Don't say oh, that. Oh, ours isn't, but I'm saying oh. if you read a transcript of it, it would be like, what the fuck are these people? We're just absurd. No, we're absurd. We say dumb shit. Like we wake up and immediately our dog Dutch is in bed with us. Connor's wrestling him. Connor's throwing Dutch on me. He's calling me a silly bitch. I'm calling him a fucking fuck face. Like that's literally how we start our day. And you know what the funniest part is? I know that we're going to have a great day. The more absurd you are. I'm like, if he calls me a silly bitch at least three times, we are good. Yeah. It goes through different phrases too. Yeah. Silly bitch is the one is the phrase of so far in yeah. 2019 or 2020. Yeah. And you'll be like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's a good time. It feels like it feels like there's a, there's a lot of room for honest self expression, even if it's relatively absurd. Yeah, but and honestly, even, the fun, the fun thing is that's like the shit that goes through my mind that I'm like, I wish I could say this, but I don't. You know, most times I wouldn't say that to somebody. Right, but now you do. Yeah. You know, I actually think that's interesting too. Is the longer that we've been together, the more we've worked through that stuff, the more freedom we've both had to share what's on our hearts and on our minds. And I think you're. That's like a big thing for you. And I know you talk about it often is feeling you felt like you couldn't say anything because you're scared of being judged or me getting mad at you. And I think you've been in situations in the past where you've had people get mad at you for just saying what you feel and think, and you have no filter. And I think now Which is sometimes like it was when I was younger, it was like, yeah, that was like, yeah, that was maybe inappropriate or something yeah. like that. But there's been more in my, like I would say grown up ish life, um, stuff where it's like, oh, they just like ping somebody's ego. Right. And, and, that, and, they, and then they like punished me for it, which was weird. And that, so yeah, I felt like my last relationship and my last job was, it was really, really weird like that. Yeah. And I think now the more secure I've gotten and the more I've understood you, which has required me asking you questions like, Hey, when you say this thing or do this thing, what's going through your mind? I just need to know so that I have some context and understanding because sometimes like you can be very abrasive and you can say things that really would hurt my feelings. But now I understand your personality and I've asked you enough questions and you've been very honest and transparent. So I'm able to kind of digest it a little better and understand where you're coming from, which has allowed us to be more playful and more stupid and just really express ourselves, whether it's in a serious way or a fun banter way. Yeah. And I think if you're going to be the type of person who, and this is the responsibility I put on myself, it's like, if you're going to be the guy who like says silly shit, which I know where that came from, right? That came, that came from, me being like this stereotypical funny fat kid in, mm -hmm. in junior high and even in, into high school. And I just kept that trait of like saying, I would just say things that most people wouldn't say, yeah. but it was fun and funny. You know, we're like immature kids. We're watching the anchorman and shit. And it's like <laughs> saying obnoxious stuff, but it was, it was, uh, that was just like, a, that was like my social currency mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I'll say something that most people won't say because it'll get laughs and then people will like me for that. And it'll keep people from making fun of me. Mm. So, um, you definitely don't like when people make fun of you. You are a lot more sensitive than you let on. When do what? Honor, darling. No, I, what? Hang on. I've, I've noticed that <clears throat> you're very good at dishing it, but especially when it comes to me, if I say the same thing back to you that you say to me, you get very sensitive about it. And I don't I, know about that. I don't know you do. True. And I think part of it is because you're really just not expecting it. And I've definitely got a mouth on me and I've let it run a lot more in the last couple months as I've gotten more comfortable. And I'll say something and you'll be like, whoa. And you're like kind of offended. And I'm like, you say the same shit to me. I don't get offended. Me. That's how I respond. It's like part no, of the bit. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll let the podcast listeners decide. Yeah. Um, also on the note of segments, if you guys listening have any 
thoughts or ideas for a segment you want us to do, we're totally open to that. We're also very open to questions. So something that we're going to be doing because the majority of these shows are going to be Connor and myself without a guest is we really want to take listener questions and incorporate that in the show so that you guys are getting the topics uh, that you really want and that help you. So please be fun. Send us all. Nothing's off limits. We can keep things anonymous. Yes. But we want you inside this podcast. So deep. You know what that made me think of is in Step Brothers. She's like, I want to roll up in a, or he's like, I want to roll up in a little ball and be inside of your vagina. No, she said that to him. Oh yeah. She said, I want that. to roll you, up, to roll you up, up inside my vagina. Oh, uh, <laughs> my best part, the, my favorite part about their like whole sexual situation was whenever he was like, oh, it's so slippery. <laughs> I remember the first time I thought that. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's so slippery down here. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Your hand doesn't have the same effect. Um, what? <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus. God. I wish I could go back and just like be a fly on the wall watching my early sexual encounters. Oh my God. I don't want to watch so mine. awkward. Just filled with I shame. I would like to watch some of them, but probably shame not the early ones. Shame and self-disgust. No. God. What a trip. Okay. So today what we're going to do, this, this, this episode is airing on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. The most overrated, sexy, sexy time, overrated Hallmark card created holiday of all time. I do actually dislike this uh, holiday, and we this will be our first one together. You know, I I used to dislike it more, but I think now it's been rebranded by a lot of people who are like, "Fuck!" Tr-. I mean, we have a lot of people that are like, "Fuck the system!" Fuck what you know. That's like a norm. That's like a cool thing to do now. So they have like single bashes. Like it's like a, there's like bars where you can only come in if you're single. It's like, you know what I mean? It's not, we it's not, it's not made. It's not, other. it's not as, that'd be fun. It's not as like, um, lovey Debbie roses and chocolates bullshit. Like it used to be in the fifties or whatever. It's like, let's have a good time. It's about love, I guess, or whatever. What are we going to do? I have no plans. Are you going to write me a card? Probably. Are you going to give me a Christmas card on Valentine's day? I'm, oh my God. That's a good idea. Damn it. Because since I didn't think of it myself, I can't do it. I know. Shit, I I'm going to tie a car to the puppy and have him <gasps> run to you. Remy. By the time the show comes out, we're going to have a puppy in our house. I know. Which means that this show is probably going to be very loud moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what we're going to do today, because, you know, a lot of people, birthdays of Valentine's Day, it's a time to uh, submit your sexual requests, your recommendations. <laughs> And I think we're going to jump into the top seven. I, I scoured the internet for six minutes and found the top seven fantasies, All which right. I've seen and heard of several times. Esther Perel talks about these. They're in the book, A Billion Wicked Thoughts, mm-hmm. which I think is a fantastic read I know, for I anybody. I still haven't read that. I need to do that. You need to jump into it. It's really, really fun. A Billion Wicked Thoughts. Find it. Listen to it before. Um, I want to say before Valentine's Day, but that's too late. Listen yeah. to it now. Yeah. Get into it. It's fun. It's really fun. So they use metadata. So they, they, they basically do like a, a cross search of all the search engines that have to do with pleasure. So like porn engines. Um, and I think they actually even use Google and stuff like that. But And they create this like geographic map of pleasure searches, essentially. Mm. So like what, and it's so funny. If you look at the more religious a state is, the more fucking kinky their, their searches are. That's so funny. It's like, it's like, oh, Utah. It's like a bunch of Mormons. And the top search is like chicks with dicks. What? <laughs> I think it really is. Is it really? Yeah. Whoa. It's crazy. Because there's like, the, the, well, I think they're so I think suppressed. The, they're, yeah, the more repression you have, the more like. Can I? Can you? Before you answer that, I'm sorry to cut you off. 
I should establish. I'm not good with words. Connor is the master of words. So he has to tell that. me what things mean. What's the difference between suppression and repression or being suppressed and repressed? I don't know. But I said suppressed and then you said repressed. I think repression is internal. Oh, like you're repressing yourself. Yeah, I think, I think, but you are suppressed I think, by someone else. I think people, yeah, people can be suppressed or things can be, I don't know. I don't know. Let's look it up. I just, you know, I want to know what I'm saying. I want to know what you're saying. <laughs> Usually I don't know what you're saying. Repressed versus suppressed. Where repression involves the unwanted impulse or thoughts being unconsciously pushed out of awareness, suppression occurs when a person consciously tries to force these feelings out of awareness. Suppression is purposefully trying to forget or not think about a painful or, un or unwanted thought. Oh, so if you're repressed, it's like it's a subconscious act. Yeah, but suppressed is conscious, and you're like choosing to not see it. Yeah, you're like it's like, like a I don't trauma. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Okay, this opens up my whole world now. Yeah, well, that's that's huge because then it's like it, 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 you can. I think you suppress your wants more. Yeah. Like your conscious wants, like oh, I want to do this or I want to speak that out. I want to speak out my fantasy. Mm -hmm. It's like no, I can't think about that. Jesus is watching. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So back to your point uh, about Jesus is watching you all the time, watching me all the time. He's definitely having fun. He's seen, he's, 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 he's highly entertained. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. So what are these, uh, taboo acts that we're talking about? All right. About so we've here? got seven. I'm going to read them off one at a time where we're going to, okay. we're going to, we're going to play with them. Ooh, we're going like to fiddle, fiddle diddle them a little bit. Ooh. All right. Multiple partner sex. It appears that though the majority of us have at least entertained the idea of a threesome, for people in relationships, this fantasy usually involves their significant other, but not always. Interestingly, heterosexual identifying men tend to prefer their imagined threesome to be with two women, while heterosexual identifying women generally don't have a preference for which genders they get it on with. All right. That's a really common fantasy. I feel now that I know more, which before I didn't, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know what people thought about these things. Um, now I feel like every girl I talk to talks about having threesomes and that being her fantasy, like, and super into it. And as we have discussed quite a bit in the last few weeks with many of our own guests and in our relationship, it's like the idea of women being attracted to other women. And there's like this scale from just being curious and wanting to see what it's like to be with another woman to really wanting that feminine energy. And so then you're able to get that you're in a, you know, a monogamous or a monogamous relationship, but you also involve another woman. And so that opens up the floodgates for women, I think, to have different experiences while men already want that. That's sort of established. Yeah. I mean, the difference in you and I in this situation is that I've seen women pursue couples before. And I've seen couples pursue women mm -hmm. and I've seen men pursue couples before. Yeah. I've seen, I've, I've seen, I've seen some things. I've seen it. <laughs> I've been around. <laughs> been around been the around. block. <laughs> Dirty old man Connor's been around the block. I mean, but yeah. I think this is interesting because a lot of people aren't going to share this or talk about it, but now we're learning that behind the scenes and behind closed doors, this is what people really want for me. And this goes for any of these things. If that's something you've thought about or desired, likely feel shame or confusion around it. I think the best thing is to start being honest with yourself and then with your partner and see what comes of it. 
See if they're on the same page. See if they yeah. desire that too. But I think for guys, it's hard to speak up with that because it's oh, going to be really triggering. Totally. But what trips me out, and I've heard this a lot, is is women that bring it up to their boyfriends or their partners, and they and the guys are like, "No, I'm not interested in that." Which I'm like, "Yes, you are, motherfucker. Like, are you? Are you what? You're not." Really? Maybe some men aren't. I mean, I think it's a, it's they're probably a rare day, but uh, it, it's more common than you think. But what do you think? They're, but you think they're scared that like they're going to open it up and then their wife or girlfriend's going to leave them for a woman. Or? I think a lot of it is, is fear based, but I don't know what, I mean, I think the fear can be a lot of things. One I think is, is, is fear of your own like sexual desires, which is pretty standard. But, um, but I mean, to that point, you'll say things and I'll get pissed at you, but I will have thought of it an hour before, but then I'm mad that you're verbalizing it and I didn't. And it's all about my own fear and being scared that I like this thing and you have the courage or the openness to just say it. Like, fuck. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I kind of set the standard for that at like the early stages of our relationship. Yeah. I came in and was like, listen, here's the deal. I can say whatever the fuck I want. You got to deal with it. That's kind of how our relationship has been ever since. Yeah. It's definitely not like that. But anyways, <laughs> what's number two? Power, control, and rough sex. Power dynamics aren't just about stroking the ego. They also make for some scintillating bedroom play while stroking a hem other things. <laughs> wow, that was a really weird sentence. <laughs> Rough sex and BDSM involve spanking, hot wax, restraints, biting, and other dominant submissive acts rated highly among research participants. Would have loved to have been a part of that study. <laughs> Call me daddy. What's up? <laughs> Please don't, uh, please don't call me daddy though. Okay. See daddy. Um, I have PTSD from early strip club experiences of being called daddy and oh feeling wow. really awkward. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have to tell my strip club, my first strip club story on here one day. Yes. It's a really funny story. We'll just actually. have a show called strip club stories. I'll tell you mine too. We'll have to go to one and then tell that story on there too. Yes. I went to Valentine's London. Day. That That's what we should do for great. Valentine's day. Oh, let's oh my do gosh. It. Yes. That sounds, fun. that sounds great. I bet it'll be crowded in there. Yeah. Looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) Um, My thoughts on power, control, and rough sex. My thoughts are it's a good, Valentine's Day is a good time to try some stuff out. Yeah, I agree. I, so I like, I definitely like more of like a sensual touch and like slow and all of that. But I also, I really like to be taken control of by you. I feel like. I am, and I think maybe this is my personality of being type A and controlling in my regular life. So when I have an opportunity to be more submissive and allow you to control and dictate things and make me feel like a tiny little lady, I really enjoy that. (laughs) Like the other day when you picked me up and like launched me onto the bed, I felt like I weighed nothing. That was actually, we weren't even having sex, but that was just such a turn on for me because I felt like, oh, I'm being, you know, kind of roughhouse and thrown around in a really fun way. So I think that that dynamic for me has been really nice um, to for you to be in power, for you to say what you want, for you to put me where you want me, um, you know, and I like to be spanked and, you know, dirty talk and all of that from you. So I'm all in for that kind of stuff. You know what I realized at, in this moment, just having this conversation is that it's really, really hard for me to have like structured or planned rough sex. Okay. Like I've never been able to like, it feels awkward for me to orchestrate it or like plan it, which I think that now that I realize that I can probably do something about it, but it literally just happened. But whereas like spontaneous rough sex, that's kind of like driven by, I don't know, like that, like 
primal urge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes it a lot easier, which is weird. Well, and it I takes think, the I pressure think, off for you. Because I, I learned recently that that when you're highly aroused, uh, your what they call like your disgust response, which I don't really love that that name, but it's like it goes away. So you'll do things. And we all know those things you do in the moment. You're like, wow, probably wouldn't have done that if I wasn't mm-hmm. like super riled up, um, aka licking some buttholes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like there's things that happen when you're like, oh, that, my, like if you think about it, it's like, oh, my disgust response mm-hmm. was suppressed yeah. or repressed um, because uh, because you're like your arousal just like kind of overruns your yeah, body. Yeah, it's like a drug. There's two things. I feel like lust. And anger are two things that'll just completely rewire your system. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we're in charge now. Mm-hmm. And it, you turn into a different person. It's mm-hmm. interesting. But it's like spontaneously, it's a lot easier. To, so, but with BDSM, like there's, or even BDSM light, um, diet BDSM, you can, uh, you have to have, you have to have some kind of, even if it's, it's interesting because you have to have structure enough to have agreements and safe words and things. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. But it's like it, to have that conversation and then go do it right afterwards would be like, I'm not, it would feel like, yeah. I don't know, I feel like I'm putting together Ikea furniture or something. I feel like that's something where, I mean, we've established our safe word and we haven't really like dove deep on the whole rough sex BDSM, diet BDSM or whatever. We've done like a few things, but I think we, we established this months ago and you know exactly what to do if I say something and if things go sideways, I know that I can say it and everything's okay. Um, but I'm with you. It kind of kills the mood and you're such a free spirit of adventure, putting structure around something like that. You will never get a boner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First time we've used boner on the podcast. You know what I mean though? Yeah. I think that's accurate. But what I will say, it's just interesting to to think it out. I think I've got a plan. I got a plan for all the ladies out there in, 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 uh, in heterosexual relationships. I think you have this discussion, establish a safe word, maybe early in the day. Maybe you're listening to this on Valentine's Day morning. Get that safe word dialed in. Okay? You're really turned on. You're in rush hour traffic, driving yeah, down whatever, the 405. Whatever you're like, it is. Right, here's my safe word, baby. Um, get that sorted out. And I want you to take your, take your guy home and tie him up, put a blindfold on him. And I want you to go into the closet or the bathroom or some other room and just throw on a big strap on. <laughs> And just I did not come, see that coming. Just come out there with him blindfolded, have him having no idea, and I want you to start <laughs> slapping him right in the face with that big rubber dick and just see how fast that safe word comes out. <laughs> and just come in there and be like, I'm going to fuck you so hard. I'm going to make you squeal like a pig. Squeal, piggy. Like that. And just do that. See, that would be. What is that honestly, from? I don't, it's from a lot of things, I'm but crying. that would be fucking. Oh. Can you imagine like. <laughs> One, he would be terrified. What if he was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, what if he totally loved this it? This asshole's open and ready for business. Oh, my God. <laughs> Connor Moore. I want you the, dirty I want, fuck. I want, because <laughs> regardless, that would be the funniest. It would either wreck your relationship or you would have a funny ass. That's like that's how you make Valentine's Day fun. Literally. Just go to whatever toy store you got around, around, around the crib, around the area. Just get yourself a nice, I would say, 8 to 12-inch strap-on. And just tie him up. Don't let him know. And then just give him that nice face slap. Just a little, just pap, pap, pap. Good oh to go. Oh my God. Are you about to ruin or make better so many relationships? I'm really uh, curious. If you guys do this, please someone do this. And then you got to test your resiliency the of the relationship. This is a video of you slapping your boyfriend in the face with a fucking strap on. <laughs> <laughs> Can you Squeal, imagine Biggie? if we got one? <laughs> 
we're like in a group DM message and all of a sudden we get a video on <laughs> February 15th. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, number three, changing things up. Most of us like at least a little bit of variety in our lives and it can help reignite a spark when sex in a long-term relationship becomes a little boring. Perhaps that's why so many people like to fantasize about having um, sex with someone different, having sex in an unusual place, or even having sex in a position you haven't tried before. I think this is changing things up. I think this is a great time for um, opening that butthole for business. Yeah, I was going to say for anal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you guys have listened to our shows before this, we've talked a lot about how much I like Anal sex. Anal is a kind of, or what? What? (laughs) Your name is out anal. Um, uh, Kelly. Yeah. It's been, it's been an interesting experience. I didn't know. I was, I mean, cause that takes, it takes two to, to butt tango. And it, (laughs) it, we're looking at this. I was like, I didn't, it wasn't something I'd done a lot of maybe a handful of times, but I'm like, Oh, this is like a, this is like a normal thing now. Why do you think you like it so much? I mean, it's a little bit, let's just roll into number four real quick. Yeah. Taboo or forbidden circumstances, rule breaking and the risk of getting caught is usually a bit of a thrill. And this just going into like taboo stuff. But uh-huh. I think it's because it's like, it's different. You know, it's, there's a lot of things in our relationship that we were talking about this yesterday, but that I feel like are such like a, a gift, a blessing, a butthole blessing. <laughs> and there's so many, but it's like, it's like, oh, this is cool and different. And it's almost like it, it adds it's like, which way it's instead of being as monotonous, it's like, Oh, which way is this going to go tonight? Mm -hmm. And then it may change halfway through, but just knowing that like there's different doorways you can take at any point is it's, it adds a really fun, like choose your own adventure style. sex. Well, but, and what I will say about our conversation yesterday too, just to be completely transparent with people, I think that as we, we talk about sex, um, so often people will probably think that we have this like crazy, amazing, rambunctious sex life, which sometimes it's really great. And, you know, we're going to talk to you about that and our desires and fantasies and all of that. But the flip side of that is we both agreed that our nightly routine is sucking the sex life out of us. And we're, we're smoking weed and we're sitting on the couch and now we're watching Mad Men for a couple hours and we're both exhausted because we were launching a brand new media company and we revamped our shows. We're doing this now and we're just so tired. And I just feel like we've gotten in this routine where I'm just kind of like, I told you, I want you to throw me against the wall. I want you to like take my clothes up. I want to do something different because right now it just, it almost feels like a chore sometimes. And we've allowed it to get to that place. And I think per this idea of changing things up, it's having the conversation of like, Hey, things have gotten a little stagnant. I want to try something new. And I was telling you like some of the things that I want to do with you and have more adventure around that. And you were totally game for that. I think having those conversations is super important when it comes to these moments. Cause we all get in these places. Like people are tired. You have kids. It's exhausting. You're working a ton of hours. Maybe your ship's passing in the night and you got someone's working during the day and someone else is working at night. And I think just being like, Hey, this is what's happening. Let's be really honest about it. And now let's try something new and different. And maybe that is a strap on, or maybe it is going to a strip club or (laughs) having a threesome. And then you reignite that connection. And it's like, Oh shit. Now I remember what this is like. This is fun. Yeah. And you get to coordinate that, which is not sexy. Coordination isn't necessarily sexy, but like pre-coordination, like you were saying, I think it's huge. Yeah. Put on the calendar. Yeah. Get on the calendar, make a cool little, uh, uh, label, label it something fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's true. And that's helpful. Um, because we're both, we both are in like, I mean, you're starting a business and I'm 
continuing mine. It's like, and we're in creative worlds where I'm like interacting with people all the time and um, having one like emotional, vulnerable conversations. And if I have a couple of those or three or four of those in a day, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I just need to like watch something. Even even last night, I was so smoked like emotionally and, and mentally. I couldn't even watch Mad Men. I'm like, I can't follow this. Mm-hmm. I just gotta like sit here mm-hmm. and just be for a second. Yeah. Smoke a little herb. And then just I, I was like, I, I have like by nine PM, like I've got very little left. So which it does it does kind of feel like a chore sometimes because I'm I got I like I gave it I gave it I gave the day all I had. Yeah, you know? no, it's true. It's and weird. I think that's why I mean, even coming to you this morning, I thought about that. I was like, okay, I'm really horny. I woke up very horny. I'm gonna go down and tell him. If he wants to engage with me and have sex with me right now, great. I kind of anticipated you wouldn't want to because I know you're not necessarily a morning sex person where I am. Well, it can be just like it's 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 a roll of the dice. Because if I wake up like in the middle of a sleep, I'm just like, what? Yeah, it's just not your thing. And <laughs> that's sometimes fine. I wake up chipper as fuck, especially if I got enough yeah. sleep or I've got enough sleep that week. It, a lot of times it depends on the day of the week too. So we've been going hard in the paint this whole week. And I'm just like, even right now as we're recording this, I'm like, Oh, I know my brain is fried. Yeah. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at a, a stacked calendar. So like, I'm as soon as I wake up, if that's the case, I'm thinking about everything else I have to do that day. And it's mm-hmm. really, I try and turn it off, but it's fucking hard. Yeah. I'm with you, baby. All right. Moving on. Number five, open relationships. Similar to the penchant of threesomes. Is that a word? Similar to the penchant of threesomes. A lot of people like to entertain the idea of opening up their relationship to include new partners with the significant other's permission, of course. Um, other people favor the idea of being able to watch their partner have sex with someone else. Ooh, cuckolding. Nice. So the open relationship fantasy, I think the open relationship fantasy is is a nice, safe place to like play it to play around with it. But I mean taking it taking that on in like a high pressure situation, maybe not the move. But I can get why it's a fantasy. It makes it a lot of sense. I get it. I I've never been into cucking, but I've been on I've been on the other yeah. side of cucking, which is an interesting place to be. Yeah, but if I was having a sex if I was having sex with a girl, you'd be happy to sit there and watch. Yeah. 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 So you are <laughs> into it, just not with a guy fucking me. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Good call. Here's what I would say. <clears throat> I'm not into open relationships. It's not something that I desire personally. Um it's just not it's just not the dynamic that I choose for my life. And I think you, you know, coming from the community you were in, you learned a lot about it. And I think yeah, I was you realized deep in that stuff. Yeah. I think you realize it's not for you and neither of us will ever say never because we've, I think we've both learned that we are open to a lot of things we didn't think we would be. Yeah. And, and there's an evolution, right? And we've only been together for less than a year, which is shocking almost a year when the show comes out. Yeah. But, um, at this point, And in the near future, I just don't anticipate that being a thing. What I will say is that I think if you're going to be engaging in open relationships in real life, you better have real good fucking communication all over the place. You have to have a foundation and you can't go into open relationships because you think it's going to fix your relationship. Yeah. That's a huge problem. I think in this situation, we're talking about fantasies. And fantasizing and communicating the fantasy it's just can fantasies. be, yeah, this is fantasies. This isn't like, strat- I mean, I, this isn't I, relationship strategies. I will also say I don't fantasize about open relationships either, but well, hey, lots of people saying, do. It's anyway. number, it's number okay. five on the list. Okay. Well, you know me, I always want to go into like the conversation of how to actually do this thing, but we'll, we'll do that. I guess on this show that makes sense. in depth. We'll get so, so deep, deep into it. <laughs> um, all right. Number six, I think is pretty common passion and romance, which I think if you don't have a lot of this in your relationship, Valentine's Day and, and just any time, birthdays, whatever, any kind of occasion, Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. 
it's a nice time to, to, to implement this or put this back into your reality. So what passion is passion and, and romance, romance to you, babe? Turns out, hang on, let me read the description oh, really quick. I'm getting better at reading out loud, by the way. Yeah, you are. I'm proud of you. Turns, turns out that sexual fantasies don't always need to be dirty. In fact, a lot of people simply fantasize about having meaningful sex that makes them feel desired and good in bed. In some cases, people will also use the fantasy improv. Wait, this person writes weird, or maybe I'm just dumb. In this, in some cases, people will also use the fantasy to improve aspects of their body or sexual performance that they're not happy with in real life. So, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so she's saying here using passion and romance to make somebody feel more comfortable and approved of. In mm. areas where they may feel insecure. I like that. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. It's like it's like taking a time and setting a space to acknowledge something that you know somebody may be like insecure about. I think this is really crucial. Uh, not that we've experienced this, but after kids are around. Oh, yeah. When like a woman's body changes a ton mm -hmm. and those titties aren't popping like they used to. And everybody knows that's the case. But that doesn't mean you have to like you can acknowledge like, hey, those titties are feeding my children. So. Mm -hmm. They're sexy in some in a, in a vitally important way. But it can still be super sexy. It like, can be a sexy. Woman it doesn't make you less even sexy. Even when her boobs aren't like perfectly perky. I know. Like I have great tits. I have great little little boobs. And yeah. someday they will be bigger with full of milk and then they will deflate and they won't look the same. But I have a feeling you're still gonna be very yeah. attracted to me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they're super ripe. Mm. <laughs> You know, this what is, is interesting. <laughs> what? Oh, working moms. God, if you guys haven't watched that show, binge that shit right what now. You, you made me drink your milk so I'd get addicted. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh God. Man. I'm for sure drinking drinking that breast milk. Oh, though. I know. So I, I like the idea of this. I've actually had this fantasy about just taking a bath with you and having like a very sensual, intimate experience like lighting candles, saging, Palo Santo, like whatever, playing music and just being with you in that, in that way uh, and letting things happen the way they want to, whether it leads to sex or it just is us enjoying each other in that way. I think that's really beautiful and it's something I really enjoy and it allows us both to slow down because we're like really like fast, go, go, go all the time, constantly busy and we'll have like fast, rough sex, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that slowing it down and setting the stage in that way is a really great way to have a different experience, but have that romance and passion. All right. Ooh, you ready for number seven? This is the last one. Mm -hmm. Same sex encounters, gender bending, bending and erotic flexibility, which I don't really, I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I don't know what, um, gender bending is. Oh, this was written by Dr. Uh, Dr. LeMiller. How do you say L-E-H-M-I-L-L-E-R. He's the one that wrote that book right there. Tell me what you want. Oh. Wow. Very He's cool. all up in the studio. Look at you. Can't wait to record with that guy. Mm -hmm. So same-sex encounters, gender bending, and erotic flexibility. Those are some... Gender bending is... I'm, I'm curious what that means. Yeah. I'm looking that up right now. Gender bending. I bet you guys didn't know that you came here for a dictionary, but here you are. Yeah. We're gonna use so the OK Babe thing. Dictionary. Oh my God, we should create that. <laughs> Oh, that's happening. Gender bending is sometimes a f is sometimes a form of social activism undertaken to destroy rigid gender roles and defy sex role stereotypes. Notably, in the case where gender non-conforming person finds these roles oppressive, it can be a reaction to and a protest of homophobia, transphobia, misogyny, or misandry. Misandry? Not sure. I don't know. 
Okay. So gender bending. So kind of playing the role of a, of the opposite sex. Yeah. Or an opposite, op, op, a different sexual orientation. So that's kind of like the the strap on situation, right? Yeah, I like that. Okay. So I'll, I'll read a little blurb oh, do you? here. Is that what you? No, I don't. Desiring? No, not like that. I don't have Valentine's no. Day I don't have I don't have that need, but I think I fully endorse it if it's something that you're into. So he says as society in general becomes more aware of the fact that both genders and sexuality are nuanced spectrums, people are becoming more comfortable exploring their own sexuality. Heterosexual identifying women in particular reveal that they often fantasize about sex with other women, and at least a quarter of heterosexual identifying men surveyed that they fantasize about sex with other men or a transgendered woman. I feel like this brings into play just the novelty part of things where you just want to know what it's like to be with someone who's different or to play the role of someone else to know what it feels like. Yeah. This is interesting too. It says men, for example, are more likely to have fantasies that are quite explicit and involve multiple partners. What's more, they tend to focus on specific body parts, both their own and those of their partners rather than merely on a sexual act. Overall, their imagined sexual escapades were mostly anchored in the physical. Women, on the other hand, are more inclined to focus on more emotional or romantic details like scene setting, a beautiful beach, a moonlight evening, or a picturesque forest. Often, there's also more of a buildup in their fantasies, like eyes meeting across the room, strolling across the beach, or getting caught in a rainstorm together, like on The Notebook. This is in line with the fact that women often need more foreplay to help prepare their minds and bodies for the actual active intercourse. These differences between men and women's fantasies seem to be true regardless of sexual orientation. I'm here for the foreplay. Yeah? Yeah, I really, I mean, this is kind of what I was saying to you last night. I really want to experience more of that because I think it plays into being able to share your fantasies and talking about your turn-ons and really building up that arousal it I mean it makes for a better orgasm especially for women and you know I'm someone that takes a little longer to come I think that in implementing the foreplay and the fun and the connection and the dirty talk and everything that goes into that I mean it just makes it so much more fun yeah and I think foreplay we often think about it as like right before sex but it can be a a much longer process like your dirty text you sent me in the middle of the afternoon that like Built Our up. little mid afternoon, little 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 clip flicking in the middle afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> not a bad idea. I'm putting it out there. Just saying, <laughs> fellas, 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 ladies, request it. Yep. Just grab the hand and put it where you want it. Mm. 3 p.m. Prepping for a 6 p.m. fuck sesh. I mean, it's fun. It's a fun experience. So, I like that. That was that was fun to get into those into those fantasies. Did you learn anything besides definitions? I think I mostly learned that. I have a lot of fantasies and ideas of what I think is hot and maybe some of the things I wouldn't do in real life, but I can at least think about them, which brings more arousal in my life and share them with you, which makes you more aroused. And we can share in that together. And I'm not the only one. Like these are so common. I think a lot when you talk about shame and fear, when it comes to fantasies or sharing things or trying new things, you think you're the only one and you're like, I'm fucked up. I shouldn't think these things. It's like, well, the majority of the world is actually having the same exact fantasy. So you're okay. Yeah. I think one thing that's really hard is that we feel like broken and a lot of self judgment in Mm -hmm. our own fantasies. But the thing about fantasies are fantasies are, they're a safe place to experience, explore what you really want in, in your actual life. Well, it's I've like said you, things taking the boundaries you. off your fantasies and just letting them run wild is a great way to 
I mean, when you, I think some people can get like can scare themselves and, and get into a place where they're unfamiliar with their own psyche, which is really hard. But at the same time, I think that, that that's the best way to try on new things. Because, I mean, you know this, like having a fantasy versus having it happen in reality Ooh. sometimes doesn't, doesn't really go very work well. Out. <laughs> Sometimes right? you have a minor panic attack. Yeah, and that, but the, maybe the, that's the first time, and then you 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 keep kind of keep hammering at it until until you figure it out. But it's it's fantasies are safe, and I think that I think Christianity has a lot to do with this. But it's like, oh well, we joked about Jesus earlier, but it's like, oh, there's, he's 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 watching your thoughts like fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> it's like okay, but I think that's that's your that's you got to take a take a stand for your own fantasies mm-hmm. and explore those in your own way, what feels right for you and communicate them and practice communicating them, journal about them, write your own little erotic novel about yourself and, and shape the language that you need to communicate those kind of things in a way that feels safe and respectful to yourself I agree. and to your partner mm-hmm. or whoever you're communicating it with. Mm-hmm. Right? And what would you say, babe? I think this is probably something people are going to come back with. If I share my fantasy and my partner is freaked out, is not open to it, doesn't like it, or has judgment around it. Slap him in the face with a strap on. <laughs> what? Connor. So if you fa- I think that's less likely if you know how to have appropriate foreplay before your fantasy talk, right? Like try it out in like the heat of the moment, I think is actually a good idea. Because people be are more off. open. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, try it. Try it on whenever that that uh, like it's everything's supercharged up. And also, I think I think a lot of times opening the door for someone else to share their fantasies first and just see where they're at, so you can meet them versus throwing them into something that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be hard too, because they're like, I don't know, like that's I'm I'm that way. I have a hard time expressing that stuff. I have a hard time even knowing how, what it is. It just is, you know, it's, it's a really hard thing to, for me to nail down. So I think you've gotten better though, because I do it so much. Yeah. You, you like kind of lead the way. Yeah. I think it's important to understand that one person's generally going to lead the way. And that needs to be a very, uh, lead the way as far as certain things. Right. Well, I mean, that could be, there's so many facets of sexuality, especially in a relationship. And like there's different times where somebody else is going to lead the way and that's getting your wires crossed there can be really hard. Mm-hmm. So knowing, um, like that you're probably going to be the one to bring up the fantasies and also knowing that like you're way less likely to trigger me than I have to trigger you with fantasies. Right. So it's like you let you start a lot of times. I don't even say anything. So I'm like, uh, I'm like running through things in my head, but I'm like, ah, I probably shouldn't say that, <laughs> which is just trying to be respectful, mm-hmm. but it's fun. I mean, it adds the fantasy piece. I think really, really investing in that has a, has a high return. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of good that can come from the openness to your own internal experience, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then creating that externally in a way that feels genuine and, and, and novel to you because the novelty thing is what we're all chasing. Right. And I think it's also important to look at things and say like, where is this desire coming from? Is it coming from like a wounded place, which could, isn't necessarily bad, but just knowing is that that's the case, right? If it's, if it's, if it's avoidance or, or an anxious type of thing where you're, where your attachment style is kind of manifesting in your fantasies and it's in an unhealthy way. Um, but then again, I think being able to bring those into reality can be really healing in a lot of ways. If you're, if you're coming from, if your desires are coming from a wounded place, which a lot of them are right. But 
having giving yourself that's why I think dating casual dating when you're younger especially gives you like a lot of low risk scenarios to try the play these things out mm-hmm. super helpful I like that babe with all this being said what do you want to do for Valentine's Day what I do you want to do to get outside what, what have you done for Valentine's Day in the past and how do you want to change it going forward can I tell a quick story that's this is your podcast babe <sighs> so I had a boyfriend in the past I'm triggered and did you do sex with him? No. What? I, well, I mean, I've had, I did sex in the period of two years we were together. Yes. But I more triggered, we were having like, kind of, we were kind of in a funk and like things were a little weird. And I was like, okay, Valentine's day. I'm not, I wasn't at the time, like much of a lingerie person. And I was very, was I repressed or suppressed sexually? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember what's conscious Probably or subconscious. Re- repressed. I was repressed sexually and I felt like I wasn't getting my needs met. I wasn't able to express myself and I was like, okay, I'm going to be super sexy. I'm like, do this whole thing. I'm going to put on this lingerie. I'm going to like seduce him and all this stuff. And he literally comes home from work and wants nothing to do with me. Doesn't acknowledge anything that's happening and is like, I'm so tired and falls asleep next to me on the couch. And I was just so fucking pissed. He ended up going to bed, sleeping in our bed, and I slept on the couch. And he comes out in the morning. He's like, what are you doing out here? And I literally wanted to chop his dick off. I was so angry. I was just like, what are we doing? Like, if we can't even put effort in on Valentine's Day, I'm putting in effort and energy to try and, like, be sexy and do something different, something novel. I am never walked around in lingerie or did anything like that. I put myself out there and just disappointment on all fronts. And I felt so bad about myself. So let's not do that. Okay. So yeah, I think we should go to a strip club, maybe get some drinks, maybe bring some friends. We have some cool couple friends that I think would really love that. It would be, it would be really fun and ridiculous. It would be so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think we should do that. Okay. Strip club with, with, with some homies. Yeah. I might, I feel like I kind of want to dress a little slutty. Well, yeah. If you're going to a strip club, like you'd be the least, least slutty dressed person there. <laughs> it's kind of it's like Halloween. I don't know. I'm into this. Maybe I'll wear some lingerie that you can kind of see. Yeah. Hmm. You're going to get attacked. It's going to be really fun. I'm into it. When a group of couples goes to a strip club, it like gets, it gets a little bit rowdy. I'm into it. I'm very excited. Okay. Cool. Okay. We got our game plan. So if you're loving this podcast, this is episode one. It is, I just want to reiterate this and we won't do this on every show, but this is a new podcast and we... We need, we, the, need we need your you. support. Please. We need your support. If this is the kind of conversations you love having um, or being a part of, which you get to be a part of because we're going to be doing a lot of questions. Yeah. I'm excited about all the questions. The more Me engagement, too. the better. I know. The, the more ridiculous the question, the better. I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm so stoked to get these things, do my research, come in here, use the Google machine and get, get into it. Uh, but reviews and sharing the podcast are so, so helpful to growing the audience. Let me just tell you guys how important this is. When we both started our shows, I don't think either of us realized how integral that was in growth and being seen and found, especially on Apple Podcasts. The algorithm is crazy. There's over 800,000 podcasts in the world. If you don't have great reviews and you don't have audience connection, then you're not going to be able to grow and not be able to reach as many people as you want. So, yeah, and, and I mean, when you, whenever you pitch a guest, like that's an important part of it. And we yeah. want, we want, want hitters, hitters only on this. And we're going to do one interview, at least one interview a month. Maybe we may slide some more in there every now and then, but getting someone like Esther Perel on the show be huge. 
Maybe Dr. Phil, who knows? Oh my God, Dr. Phil. That would be so fun. Can we talk about taboo like fantasies with Dr. Phil? <laughs> that would bring me a lot of joy. You're crazy, man. Uh, um, but yeah, we need you guys. It's super important to everything we do. And we're super grateful for all the effort and energy you put in to both of our shows. And that's part of why we started this. We feel like we have an amazing community and we're really grateful for all of the kind words. And we also have lots of presents to send for anyone who yeah. leaves a review. So here's so. what you do. Post your review. Take a screenshot of it, send it to either myself at Connor Wonders or to you, Kelly, at Kelly M. Tennant on Instagram, mm-hmm. and we'll send you some cool stuff. Yeah. It, I mean, there's so many things. Look at all these things. Behind, we have all these things behind us on the shelves. We've got, we got plus one vibrators. We've got Woo More Play Lube. We've we got journals. We've got athletic journals. greens. We've got CBD. I mean, you... It's going to be a hot, it's going to be like opening your stocking at Christmas, but with really stuff that you actually want. And we write handwritten notes to handwritten everybody. Notes. I might just draw you a picture, like a smiley face, like a little stick figure I like podcasting. That. That's very cute. <laughs> Anyways, all that being said, thank you guys for supporting us, being a part of this. Okay, babe has been a show in the making for quite a few months now, and we're just really excited to present this to you and, yeah. and have this with you. I just realized we don't have a, we don't have a sign off. We don't. Damn. I'm sure it'll come to us. It'll come point. to us. But for now... Uh, keep on keeping on. <laughs> That's Go terrible. fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. <laughs> Bye. Uh, later. This show is brought to you by Soulfire.